Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. On today's episode, I am joined by my new friend, Ashley Kerr. Ashley, how you doing? Good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thrilled to have you on. Thrilled that uh, I'm not the coldest place in the United States this morning. <laughs> yeah. You are up in Buffalo, New York. Now, you got to tell us, how cold is it up there? Yeah, it's uh, 14 degrees it was this morning when I got into my car, so Amazing. it's a little how, better today. And how much snow is on the ground? That's the other question. Um, we have about an inch right now. Um, we haven't gotten snow maybe the past three, four days, so it's not bad, but starting <laughs> to ice days. over. Everything's icy today. What is that like doing real estate up there, like in the winter? It's got to be just tough, right? Yeah, well, a lot of um, our driveways are so small like where the rental properties are that the tenants take care of their own snow plowing um, for like big complexes and stuff. You know, okay. I uh, just stopped managing uh, two big apartment complexes, but like every day we would have to salt just because they worry of slip and falls. So oh yeah. Things to worry about. So you're in Buffalo, New York and your primary business model is just buy and hold. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And how many units do you guys have now? Um, I have 32 units, uh, two commercial, the rest residential. Okay. And the commercial ones are what size? Um, it's a four <laughs> unit building and it has two residential upstairs and two commercial downstairs. Oh, that's cool. Um, the whole building, it's about 4,000 square feet total. So it's, uh -oh. it's a small building, brick building right on main street in a little town. Oh man, that's awesome. So you primarily then focus on kind of the smaller towns around Buffalo. Is that right? Yeah, the rural areas. Um, I have two duplexes like in the city limits and then the rest are all in small towns, some um, low income where there's more renters uh, than buyers, but it's been working out well so far. Interesting. What's your price point in upstate New York for kind of rural areas? Um, the cheapest house I bought was $17,500 a duplex and then the most expensive duplex was 143000 my goodness. So, and then just everything I, in between. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. But what are rents on some of those lower end ones? I mean, they cash flow pretty well up there. Yeah. The, the problem is the property taxes are higher. So that kind of eats away. Yeah. But um, for like a two bedroom, the rents can range from about 600 to 750. Okay. Kind of give you an idea there. And what are you buying that for today? Like a two bedroom unit. A two-bedroom unit. Yeah. Um, well, the last purchase I made, it was thirty-five thousand for two units. So thirty-five for the whole duplex. Yeah, for the whole so duplex. Yeah. It's like seventeen aside. Yeah, yeah. And each side's getting six hundred to seven fifty. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's for that awesome. that one specifically. That one's getting 600 one side, 650 the other side. That's crazy good yeah. cash flow. And do they need a lot of work? Are you buying those and fix, like doing a full overhaul? Um, the commercial building I bought, the four units, like the first big rehab I've done, I actually gutted the one uh, apartment, but the rest um, have been just cos cosmetic updates, like uh, maybe painting the cabinets, uh, vinyl plank flooring, stuff like that. Man, that's good cash flow. The property taxes can't be that bad that it's 
What, what are I'm those? doing about, I, I do about $200 a door here. So that's what, but I'm also buying with a little of my own money down. So I'm not putting 20% into it. I'm buying undervalued houses, doing the couple cosmetic. So I buy cash and then I refinance, you know, kind of the burr, but I'm not doing big rehabs. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty much financing for what I buy it for so that I'm not putting any of my own yeah. money into it. So the cash will, will get better once that's paid off. For sure. sure. Where are you getting your finances? That's, that's a tricky, that's probably a tricky price point to get financing for. Yeah, I started out with a, a money partner when I uh -huh. first started. And then um, now I have a commercial mortgage line of credit on one of my rental properties. And I just draw off that each time I want to purchase. Oh, that's interesting. And then pay it back. Yeah, after I refinance. So you're not even putting necessarily permanent financing on a per unit basis? I will once I, I get it rented, if I need to fix it up a little bit, but yeah, gotcha. I'll pull off the line of credit and then put permanent financing on that and pay off the line of credit. Gotcha. Who are you using for permanent? Are you just using like conventional or are you going through like a local bank there to hold these suckers? Um, it's really varied, but I do use um, really small local banks. Like the one I've had the best Smart. luck with only has seven branches, I think. Perfect. Um, but right now they've pushed me over to their commercial side. They've said I've got too much going on residential doesn't want to deal with me so hilarious it I, I will say this that yeah small local banks in that scenario are your best friends but it's funny yeah. it's amazing how quickly you'll not fit into their box anymore right right, <laughs> right? it's crazy how they they don't love residential the small local banks they want no. commercial for whatever yeah. reason so cool so you've got 32 buy and holds right now a couple commercial deals a bunch of duplexes you've been at this for how many years uh, five years, I started investing myself and then I worked for an investor the past seven years. Okay. All right. So you've been, yeah, you, you know the business, you've been at it for a while. Surely there's one deal in particular that stands out as your best deal ever. Yeah. This, it still kind of shocks me how it happened, but I'm excited to talk to you about it. All right. Let's talk about how you found this thing. Okay. So, um, I had had, I think the three duplexes at the time, um, when I purchased this one. And I had a friend who also had some rental units himself and we decided we wanted to partner on a deal. So we started looking into this town where we had never purchased before. And um, we found one house had been on, it was a duplex, had been on the market for about 30 days. Um, it was listed at like 48,000 and they just dropped the price to 42, I think. And so we went and looked at it and it was, it was not, you know, beautiful granite by no means or anything, but it was perfectly fine condition. I mean, new laminate flooring um, was freshly painted, even though some of the paint colors were bright yellow and bright pink. Right, right. Um, but there was nothing that had to be done to it to get someone to move in. They had put new carpets down in the bedrooms. So we put in an offer for um, 35,000 and he countered at 35,900. So we ended up getting it under contract, but we were a little too eager and um, we didn't know where we were going to get that money from. He made a cash offer oh and we had worked with a private money lender before. Um, so worst case scenario, we figured we could go to him, but we didn't know for sure. So at this time we were both working on getting um, 
commercial line of credits on each of our rental properties that we each own free and clear. So when we were meeting with the banker, um, we said, you know, will this be done in time to make this cash offer? And he said, honestly, no, it won't be. And um, so we actually, what we did was we printed off a bigger pockets calculator report <laughs> and we brought that in with us and pictures of the property and said, you know, this is what we wanted to use our line of credits to purchase this property. You know, is there anything you can do? And he actually offered us a 90 day unsecured loan for the purchase price of the property. Nice. He's like, go ahead, here you go, you have this. And then come back, refinance with me after you close and we'll put some permanent financing on it. So nice. I love this deal because of how the financing um, worked out. So we bought it with uh, no money out of pocket. And then um, we had to buy a fridge for uh, the downstairs unit. And I think we spent 800 bucks on that. And a week later, the appraiser came out, appraised the property. We had rented the upstairs for 600 and the downstairs for 600. And after it appraised, um, it was 55,000. They appraised it for and we had bought it for 35,000. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's really $20,000 in equity, just like that. Yeah, yeah. So after um, that, we decided, well, let's finance for, you know, we took out 42,000. So it covered all of our closing costs, covered the $800 fridge, and it covered, it gave us, I think we each took a thousand bucks and put it in our pocket. <laughs> made money by refinancing. Yeah. I love that. So that, that was really exciting how that worked out. And the bank actually, we had an LLC together, this partner and I, and it was our first deal together, but the bank actually did a residential loan with us, even though it was in an LLC, which this was the first time I ever had that happen. And they did a 20 year, 20 year fixed um, loan. Nice. So you didn't e uh, even end up needing that commercial line of credit against your other property. You just right. got the yeah, unsecured Yeah, we didn't line. even use that for this deal at all. Yeah. yeah. So you got the unsecured, how much was the unsecured line for? Was it just enough to buy it basically? Yep, he, he wrote a check for what we needed at the closing table. Yeah, Holly, that's amazing. Yeah, so that was really cool. That's just one of those, okay, we've got a relationship, you've got good credit, we trust you, here's an unsecured line. It's funny, I just, I've had a couple of those here recently where people have been able to get unsecured lines. It's easier than most people think yeah. to get an unsecured line. They don't, yeah. If you don't ask, but you don't know until you ask. Right, and that was the thing. We didn't even, we kind of asked, like we just told him we didn't know what we were going to do. And yeah. he kind of offered that, like we never even thought that it would be an option. Right, right. Yeah. It's basically like a credit card almost. Right, it's just right. like, just give me some money. Yeah. And what's the interest rate on something like that? You know? So that interest rate was 8% we were paying on that. And Which not, super cheap. not bad at all. Yeah. No, that's super. I mean, compared to even a private lender, hard money, that's going to be less. Like right, right. Oh, yeah. 8% on unsecured line refi it for 42 and you're cash flowing Well, you're getting 12,000 on the unit with the loan after you made some money at only 42,000. Yeah. So our cash flow ends up being like 210, um, a month right now because there is, it is in a flood zone. So oh. right now while the mortgage is on it, we are paying, um, flood insurance on it. But is that 210 per side or 210 total? Total. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 210, 210 per side. Per yeah. side, yeah. So 420 yeah, yeah, yeah. for the overall. 
I was yes, going to say. Yes. I mean, even still, that's probably lower than I would have anticipated with only $42,000 mortgage on it. Uh, but so how much the, of that is, is taxes? The taxes on that property are about $2,100 for, uh, yeah. Per for side? 30, for, no, together, $2,100 for the year. Okay. For, for a $35,000 property, you're paying $2,100 in taxes. That's high. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely high. And then but, the flood insurance is fifteen hundred a year, and then just our regular uh, landlord insurance and property insurance is about six fifty a year. I gotcha. And are you doing the property management yourself? Um, as of February first, I will no longer. So two more days. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just uh, transferred over uh, everything to a property management company, and they completely take over February first. So. Good for you. It so when this short. airs, yes, I will no longer be from managing my properties. <laughs> Good for you. It's a, it's tough, man. I, yeah. I, we did it for a couple of years, and then we eventually partnered up with an, uh, with the company. It's like you know what? It's just you do this professionally for a living. You're very good at yeah. it. You have systems in place. Yeah. It's worth giving up the eight percent or whatever you're going to pay for it. Yeah, we're actually doing five percent. Oh well, geez, that's practically <laughs> yeah. free. Yeah. It's not worth your time. Right. Right. <clears throat> that's amazing. So, so what, so how early on in your career did you do this deal? Um, this was 2017 and I bought my first one in 2014. So about three years in. How did this particular deal sort of change things for you going forward? Um, well, it was the first time I had, I had had a partner when I first started, but he was 100% passive. Um, he had no, nothing to do with it. We're still partners now, nothing to do with anything. So this was the first time I was 50-50 everything with the partner where, you know, he did the maintenance, I did the leasing, we, we needed to put money in, we both put money in. Um, Very cool. So that was an interesting learning experience on um, how to kind of work that out and not worry so much about, oh, I'm spending 10 hours doing this, you're only spending eight hours doing that. And yeah. we, we've worked, we're still working together, we've done other projects together, so it's worked out well. And are you guys doing like one uh, new LLC for every property you do together? How are you guys organizing that? No. So I personally have an LLC for every partner I have. You do? So okay. right yep. now I have um, three active partners and I have an LLC with each of them. We have um, any of my properties with them I have in that LLC. Gotcha. That makes sense. Like, and then and all your partnerships are 50-50 for the most part at this point. Um, my brother for Christmas one year, I gifted him 25% of a house. So he's 25 and I'm 75. What a gift. What so, a generous yeah. sister. Yeah. Jeez. It was a $20,000 house. So don't get too excited. That's still, that's pretty cool <laughs> gift. What a great idea. Here's 25% yeah. ownership. Yeah, I like printed out the LLC documents. I wrote up an operating agreement. I put it in a little gift box and give it to him for Christmas. Wow. It's a gift until everything goes sideways and the yeah. tenants burn down the house. And then you're like, Ooh, sorry about that gift. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great quintessential, like just, it really is the Burr method. I know you didn't do a whole lot of, uh, of work on it, but it is, you got, right. you found it, you know, an underpriced property, you stabilized it. That's sort of the renovation component is you stabilize it. You got the rents, then you refied it, even pulled a little bit of money out. Now it cash flows like a champ. You throw in there the 50-50 partnership on top of it. Talk about a great deal. Really good yeah. first deal. So, well, Ashley, thanks so much for coming on, man. This was fantastic. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Take care. Thank you. Hey, friends, let's talk for just a minute about the market we're in right now. 
It's tough, right? Deals are hard to come by. The last thing you need is trouble funding a deal once you've done the hard work to source it. Trust me, I get it. I've been at this for 16 years and financing deals is often a huge pain in the rear. So I decided to solve the problem. I launched Red Capital Lending for real estate investors like me and probably like you. The days of paying 12% interest are over. And if it's taking more than a week for your lender to close, you're using the wrong lender. We've built Red Capital Lending for the sole purpose of providing the lowest cost of investment capital possible. I'm talking about interest rates in the sevens. With the highest level of customer service and with the fastest turnarounds, our goal is to provide funding within five days. If you've got a deal coming up and you're ready to save money and avoid the typical hassles associated with most lenders, take a minute and just submit your deal at redcapitallending.com. We'd love to work with you and show you just how easy it can be to fund your next project. Again, redcapitallending.com. Okay, so let's get back to the show, except in this segment, we're gonna talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm with my good friend, Ashley Kerr, who is going to tell us about her horror story up there in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. What do you got for us, Ashley? Okay, so I actually have a tenant horror story, and it was on the first property um, that I ever purchased. Um, I had a partner, and um, we rented out the upstairs unit after we put in new vinyl zinc flooring, new cabinets, made it nice and pretty. We um, actually rented it to an employee of his, um, a young guy and his girlfriend. And for about the first year, things went well. Um, and then his girlfriend got pregnant and they had their baby and they started to fall behind on rent. Tried to catch up. Um, well, then they got behind. So we took them to uh, eviction court, which it took about probably a month um, to actually get a court date. And at the court date, uh, they <laughs> found some loophole where they wrote a letter saying they have a baby, they um, need more time, and the judge granted them an extension. Oh, no. Let's hope no so, tenants are listening to this right so now. We came back another two weeks later, and um, the, the, the eviction went through. And so then they, you know, have three days to get their stuff out at this time. And um, oh, <laughs> we go, we go there when they're moving their stuff out and they're, hi, yeah, how you doing? We're getting our stuff out. No problem. We'll be out of here by the end of the day. Don't worry. Like we're best friends. So they get all their stuff out. They move out. We go in there the next day. They, I mean, the place was trashed. I don't know how you rip up vinyl zinc flooring, but it was ripped up. Um, I mean, the, the door of a cabinet was completely off. I mean, the shower was disgusting. They left just garbage behind. Um, they left this huge recliner behind. And in the recliner, when you're chopping it up to throw it out the window, we found court documents where he was trying to sue my partner for workers comp. like their workers comp because he was um it rear-ended when he was driving a company vehicle oh so, no. and we got like the heads up on that he was going through with this but um, oh my gosh so the place was destroyed we had to put some money into it um i think we ended up putting three grand into it um 
to fix up everything. It was just cosmetic stuff that they had just crashed. They had a dog that ruined everything. Um, oh, no. I mean, Did you not know about the dog either? What's that? Did you know about the dog? Do you, or we did it? know about the dog. Okay. They puppy, everything like that. I gotcha. Um, so then about a week later, um, we had a judgment against them too. So okay. the judgment is, this was probably three, four years ago and the right. judgment is 10 years long. So we still haven't seen anything from it. No, you never will. <laughs> no, that's how but it works, a week later, we, uh, well, I was at uh, the local Verizon store and I saw them there and he was buying his girlfriend a brand new iPhone and looks at me and goes, hi, how are you? How weird. I, it was just so shocking to me that it was just no big deal to them. Like, oh, they had, that sucks. They had to move out of their house. Not nothing about owing me money or. Anything. Yeah. You're yeah. the evil landlord who yeah. kicked him out with, right after they had a kid. Right, but right. They're the ones that so, trashed your place and didn't pay. Yeah, and I think that was that experience was worse because of how they handled it. Like, yeah, they weren't even you know a bit embarrassed or like even tried to hide from me, like <laughs> that they're <laughs> buying a brand new iPhone when they owe me, you know, two thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Well, so I'm assuming the guy didn't continue to work at your partner's business. No, no, no. He yeah. uh, during the eviction he left. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Because that would have been yeah. a little bit awkward. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's well, those, maybe not for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah apparently not for him. <laughs> yeah. He seems totally fine with it. Yeah. You, you know, with the judgment, I've had judgments against tenants before too. And it's uh, the best way to collect is to figure out where they work and garnish wages yeah. if they're yeah. on any sort of W-2 income. It, but it's, it's just tricky to track people down and figure, figure out where they are without getting a PI involved. And then it's, like, then it's not even worth it for 2000 bucks anymore. Right. And his, um, what we do now is we collect um, a pay stub from people Smart. Um, for their proof of income. Yep. Um, so we collect it once they um, they move in, we ask for it one, like one, at their lease signing, Yep. a copy of it. And I mean, people change jobs, so it's not always right. accurate, but it helps. Just curious with, uh, I know you got 32 units up there in and around Buffalo. How many times have you had to actually go all the way through the eviction process? Uh, yesterday was my first time. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, the first time I had to have the, uh, the sheriffs come and do the lockout was yesterday. No? So the, the, other, the story you just told, then they eventually, they got out. They, by, yeah, right own. after the court date, they moved out on their own. We didn't have to have the sheriff okay. come at all. Yeah. Gotcha. But that, this would be my only second time um, for my own properties that I had to go through the full Yeah. I mean, I find that most people, you can, you know, you file some notices, they get some notices. It's the second that court date is set, they're out of there. They usually are yeah, like, okay, yeah. I'm in trouble. I better get out. Yeah. My most recent, the one yesterday, they didn't even show up to court, but yeah. I arrived to the house with the sheriffs yesterday. They hadn't moved anything. She thought we called her at her work and she thought she had until the end of the month and oh, no. her like 90 year old grandpa was there and the sheriffs just can't throw him out. So we had to call Family Protective Services. We called his daughter, and his daughter's oh. like, "Well, I just worked the double. I can't come get him." Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that, that's a whole other story. But oh yeah. my gosh! So well, we were there for three hours yesterday until the tenant finally showed up and got her grandpa and got some of their belongings out, and I had to meet them again to get the rest out. 
<laughs> that's not like a knife to the heart. Like yeah. you feel bad enough to end that, but now you got a grand 90 year old grandfather. I know. Him. And he was like, I, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. And yeah. Oh it's, but, but at the end of the day, these, I mean, there's, there's certain tenets that are just so irresponsible. Yeah, there's nothing you yeah. can do about it. It's other right, than right. you just, and have actually to. the reason she was being evicted was because we terminated her month to month lease because the cops were there so many times. And so we sent her the lease that in 60 days we're terminating it. And um, three days before she was supposed to move out, um, she sent me a text saying, I'm not moving out anymore. I'm staying, but I'm not paying anymore. <laughs> so that we had to start the eviction as a holdover. Yeah. So I didn't even get to do a judgment against her because it was just a holdover and not oh. an eviction from non-payment because she didn't start stop the non-payments until after we filed that first oh my gosh oh yeah so. some of them i swear okay. you know some of them are getting advice I, yeah. i've had evictions that literally went on for a year because they would continue to file bankruptcy and oh then that'd get pushed out a couple months and then they'd file it again and it's like it's amazing how if they know how to work the system yeah. they can string it along forever yeah. yeah it's rare though it's like you said you've got these units you've been doing it a while and this is only your second time it doesn't happen very often but no. when it does what a pain in the butt yeah <laughs> what a story <laughs> Goodness gracious. So do you still see this guy around town that you had to evict? Um, actually, about two years ago, I went and looked at a duplex for sale and he was living there with his um, dad. His dad owned the duplex and lived in one side and he was living in the one side with his dad. Oh my gosh. And yeah. you're like, you walked like, I'm out of here. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Stay away. That's hilarious. <laughs> Ashley, that's a good one, man. So much uh, appreciate you sharing your crazy story with us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, have a good one. Okay, thanks, you too. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.